Welcome, guys. Good to see you again. How about we all stand together? Oh, you're praying? Okay. You can yeah. pray. we thank you for another week. We thank you for another day of life. We just want to thank you for the little things, God. We thank you that it's warm in here even though it's cold outside. We thank you for people getting here safely. Thank you, God, for, for Ryan bringing the message, Lord. We just thank you for who you are, God. Um, we thank you, God, that, that you're real and we're not here for anything man-made, but we're here to encounter you, God.
beautiful in this family and the enemy so badly wants that to just be gone he wants us just to go back to feeling scared to feel uncomfortable but guys I'm here to say that this is not a ministry that just wants to come and to perform like I'm the first one to say I love sounding awesome and I love excellence because I believe the Lord deserves our excellence but I more so believe that he wants our hallelujahs. He wants us to press in through the walls that the enemy tries to throw at us. And so I say this for myself, and if you feel this way, I just wanna raise our hands. If you're not feeling it right now, that's okay. Because in this moment, we're gonna declare the promises of God, and we're gonna sing a little louder, a little bit more. Because I believe the Lord is here tonight to do a new thing inside of each and every one of us. So Paula, let's go back to this and let's declare it out one more time.
spend this time together and just worship you and that you brought us together so that we can just stand in your love. And Lord, I thank you for Ryan and the message that he's going to bring today. up for the worship band. Amen. She did awesome. This is Annika. This is her first time leading with us. How amazing did she do? Man, so glad we have Spotify so I can just listen to that song over and over. You have an amazing voice, but even amazing more heart. I don't think that's a word, but you know, something like that. Well, what's up, everyone? My name is Ryan. Man, it's so good to just see you guys and be back. I just, uh, I think I say this every week, but man, how amazing is our worship team? Like seriously, like every week, uh, just, you know, Danny Silk was here for MLMP and he was just blown away by the worship team we have at our church. And I'm just blown away by the worship team we have here every week. So if you uh, want to listen to them more, check them out on Spotify. And that is not, I, that is not just a plug for our Spotify account. <laughs> But, um, well, welcome. Thanks for coming out. Is this anyone's first time here tonight? I feel like there's quite a few new faces. Sam, what's up, bro? What's up in the back? I can't see you, but hi. <laughs> well, my name is Ryan. I'm the college pastor here, and this is Alive. Thanks for checking us out. Um, if you weren't, did anyone show up last week? I hope you didn't. Yeah? You did? You did? No, you didn't. <laughs> Well, we weren't here last week. We were at More Love, More Power. And um, actually, uh, MJ, can you hand me that mic, please? Um, we were at More Love, More Power. Yep, next one. Thank you, though. There you go. We were at More Love, More Power last week. And, man, it was just such an amazing conference. And it was so amazing what God did. Um, I didn't even tell our, our, our team this yet. But we had an all-staff meeting yesterday. And there was just multiple people um, that talked about just the college ministry and what we brought to the conference and what God did in us. And so just thank you for everyone. Raise your hand if you came to at least one session of MLMP. Awesome, like half of you, cool. Well, don't worry, uh, we have it every year, so if you didn't come, you can come next year. But can I get like two or three people real quick who just wanna share a testimony about what God did in you at MLMP? First come, first serve, whoever runs up here. Is someone on the way, no? Philip, thank you. Thanks for coming. Whoa, everyone give it up for Philip. See, this is what happens when you don't come. <laughs> Leaders, I asked you to be ready to come. Hope, you, you had him queued up, didn't you? <laughs> Philip, were you there? I was there. Uh, you were there. That would have been really bad if you weren't. <laughs> well, I was there, amen, and God was just wonderful, amen. The word was amazing, okay? Wasn't anybody, was anybody blessed by the word there? Okay, but me. Um, she talked about um, casting out spirits and, and how people think that calling the name out of the spirit is what you should be doing. But she, and, and it was Mark, I think she was coming from the scripture, where um, Jesus casted out the deaf and mute spirit. Because, because faith comes oh by gosh, hearing. That's crazy. And, and faith goes out <laughs> by speaking. And, and right when she prayed that corporate prayer over everybody, I swear to everybody, I swear to God, I can do this right now. He spoke to me. Mm. 
he spoke to me, and it was just so, it was so sweet, and it was just so sudden, and it was just like, right when the prayer got finished, I kid you not, he spoke to me. And I just thank God for it, because who loves to hear from God in here, in this place? Anybody but me? Amen. Direction. So I just thank God for that, and, and my ears are more attentive, and my spirit is more sensitive, so mm. I was blessed by that. I promise this was not planned, and you'll know why in a second. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Love how God speaks. All right, Hope, come on up. So if I was going to share everything that happened at MLMP, I would just take over Ryan's All right, message, I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm trying to think of the best one. They were all so good. Um, wow, now I'm really on the spot. What, whatever. I gave you. I prepped you <laughs> I know, like an hour I know, ago. I know, I <laughs> okay, so um, this one is actually probably a testimony for everybody sitting here, too. Um, I think it was Friday night of MLMP. This guy, his name is Keenan. He is amazing. Um, he was just like, hey, I want to like pray and prophesy over everybody who's in alive. Um, and so it was like the end of the night. Basically, everybody had left. Like they were closing out the night. And he just um, prayed. And like all I heard him say was just like that there's a fresh wind coming over alive. And like we all like fell over. We're crying. Just receiving the Father's heart for what's going to happen on this campus and like through each and every one of us. So that that's even just a testimony for everybody in the crowd that like there's a new wind of like signs and wonders. Like this isn't the best that can be like there's so much more. Like we can keep pressing in more and more. So yeah. Awesome. Give it up. If you get this one on video, Mariah. All right. I got to invite one more up. PK, he's been practicing this for a week. So come on, PK, come up here. Tell us, tell us what God did in you and uh, who he loves. <laughs> Literally had nothing. This is going to be bad. Like, oh, my gosh. You got to be oh. ready in season and out, bro. Hey, you, you've been practicing something at the end, though, that you know you got to do. At the end, who does he want? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Honestly, I'm just going to do that. Like, all right, all right. That's the only thing I got. I mean, I mean, I loved Catherine Scott. She came and, like, honestly, when, thir when she left after Thursday, because she was only here, like, Wednesday or Thursday, I was, I was like, low-key in a bad way, kind of done, too. I was like, oh, like, MLMP's over. But I went to the other stuff. I was, I was just, like, picking at her brain, you know. She was, like, just an awesome worship leader, and she's just so cool. Um, so I just got to learn a lot about that and just what she's been, you know, really walking in. Um, but yeah, no, it was just so funny. Like he just did Danny Silk. He just did all these weird things. Like he would just be like, "Oh look, there is a car full of people going to hell right there, and we're gonna go to church to sit, just to sit." And then like he just did like other weird stuff. He's like, "Hey, like how the pastors would." I kind of saw Ryan when he was doing this. Like he was like, "Hey, like how's your family doing? How's your family? I'm praying for your family. You know why? You know why? Because because you know why? I come on, do with me. Love you." <laughs> small group Bible study on Tuesday night. You know why? That's you know why I want you to? Because I, I love you. Yeah, Woo! there we go. So, yeah, man. I, I guess that's what I got, really. That's awesome. That's awesome. Give it up for Paul K. PK. Olivia, you got anything? All right, come on, Olivia. Give it up for Olivia. Last time. Last one. Woo-woo. She's right in the middle. There she goes. <laughs> that would have been lying, though. That's true. 
Um, okay, so a lot happened at MLMP, and I think we can all attest to that, um, especially all of us that went. But I think, um, if I'm going to take it down to a personal level, I yeah. experienced a lot of breakthrough um, MLMP. Um, and breakthrough can be really painful. It can be, like, really tough in the heart. I mean, fire just on the heart. Um, and I just remember, I think it was Thursday night, um, I just felt God saying, like, Olivia, it's time for you to let go and break those chains that you've, like, been carrying for so long. And I agreed with that. I knew that I had those chains. Um, and when you press into uh, Holy Spirit and what he's asking you to do, um, it's amazing. Like, it's crazy. Um, it's painful. Um, but when you finally reach that point where you break those chains, um, it's freedom. It's like you're soaring like this eagle through the sky. Um, unstoppable. And I think Jesus. a lot of us experienced that. And I was able to um, pray over other people and um, just also witnessing what um, God was doing in my friends' lives was beautiful. I mean, having the opportunity to really um, grow in Christ with each other and just witness like the gifts that he's placing on their hearts and the obedience and the yeses that they're saying. Wow. I mean, that's all you can really say for that. So probably nothing eloquent that I just said, but I just think that like Holy Spirit brought that house down at MLMP. And I just think that, like, uh, Keenan, I think that that's his name. I think what he said is so true. With everyone leaving, um, not everyone, but the seniors who are leaving this year and what they've been able to bring to Alive, it's amazing. But I think what God's doing through um, everyone here and all the individuals um, is going to be beautiful. And I can't even explain, like, what that's going to bring to Alive and how powerful it's going to um, bring Alive up in uh, U of I's campus. So, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, thanks, Olivia. Awesome job. I just love testimonies, and that's not just to say, ooh, MLMP is all that great. If you're new, that stands for more love, more power. Um, but I love what God is doing, and I believe it's going to trickle down and affect all of us as we continue to press into him. Because the same God that was at MLMP is also here. Amen. And so I don't know about you, but I'm ready to press in. I'm ready to continue to experience him and to let this overflow not into only to us, but to our classmates, to our classes, and to everyone on this campus. So... I'm going to jump in. Um, if you've been with us, two weeks ago, Valencia uh, was amazing, right? Gave an amazing message. Uh, we're going through the book of Mark. We're looking at how Jesus walked the way so that we could walk and live as he did. And she, she took us through chapter 7 and 8. Um, and I'm going to pick us up on chapter at the end of chapter 8 and talk about chapter 9 uh, tonight. And I'm super excited for what God's going to do and say. And I'm also really, really got to give a props to my boy who's speaking next week, Austin Libko, not Lube Chow or Lip Lipcom or whatever I was saying. It's Libko. He's going to be speaking on uh, chapter 10 next week. So you definitely don't want to miss that one. He is not looking very happy at me right now, but I'm just getting you ready, bro, because God's going to do something amazing. But um, yeah, so I have a question, though. You know, did you have anything that you really focused on or really paid attention to as a little kid? So for me, my whole life was the Ninja Turtles. Cowabunga, baby. Love pizza and kicking butt. Literally, I remember walking with my grandma. She asked me what I want to be when I grow up. And I said, I'm going to live in the sewers and fight bad guys. I'm not joking. And I still kind of want to do that today. But man, Ninja Turtles were my life. I, I watched all the shows. I watched the movies. I had literally probably 100 action figures. I had the t-shirts. And I mean, I, I, every year was like, you know, 
dressing up for Halloween as a Ninja Turtle. I actually, right now, kid you not, have a Ninja Turtle costume at my house. So some of you might have saw it on the story this last Halloween. <laughs> uh, Austin will be wearing it next year, so get ready for that. But um, man, I loved and breathed Ninja Turtles. And, and, and I looked at Ninja Turtles. I paid attention to Ninja Turtles, so they were my life. And when I got a little older, I started getting into sports, and sports became my life. I practiced sports. I breathed sports. I watched sports. Soccer was my favorite sport. I played soccer a lot. I studied it. I, I went to it multiple, multiple times a week. And then when I got my teenager years, you know, girls kind of became more important to me, right? How I looked. I didn't want just these toys for Christmas. I wanted Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. Yes, I was one of those guys, you know? But hey, man, you got to look good, right, Paul? You know what I'm saying? And like my, my image became more important to me and girls and cars. And, and I started, I changed sports from soccer to football and football became my life. And as I've traveled throughout the journey of my life, what I focused on and what I looked to has become an area of significance and identity for me. And I ask you, as you think about through your life, what has been important to you? All that I cared about when I was little was watching Ninja Turtles. Every Christmas, every birthday, if I got something from Ninja Turtles, I was happy. But guess what? When I became a teenager, I mean, I, even though they're called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I didn't really, you know, care so much about Ninja Turtles anymore. I cared more about looking cool, driving the coolest car, being cool in my image. I cared about how I played football because that was what defined me. And I felt like as I was preparing for this message, I was supposed to ask you, what are you looking to in your life? Because what we look to, we focus on. And what we focus on, we dwell on. And what we dwell on has the power to define us if we let it. Translating to now, being 33 years old, my focus of attention is God. My focus of attention is my wife. My focus of attention is my friends and my family and my calling. Those are the five greatest things that consume my life right now. And those are things that can also define me. And that's why even good things, if they're up higher above from God, can, have, can damage us if we're not careful. If alive is my greatest area of significance, or if my greatest area of significance is, I mean, Kundai, you're off the hook. I'm talking about Austin tonight, bro, wherever you're at. If Austin, if I care so much about what Austin and, and my friendship, man, if it, I give him the power to define my life. Oh, if Austin doesn't like me anymore, then I'm not happy, right? Because I put all my significance into him, right? But e even for my wife, who I love, if all my significance and my identity is in her, if I'm focused on her, if every time you saw me and you're like, hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm like, good, MJ's this and MJ's that and MJ's that, you'd be like, dude, you're annoying. Like, I know you love her and she's cool, but stop talking about her all the time, Right? We have to have the things in the right order. And so I ask you, friends, in your life now, what are you looking to? What are you focusing on and what are you dwelling on? As we look at this story today, as we look at Mark 9, I want you to ask yourself a little bit about that and, and keep that question in the back of your head. Valencia left off in Mark chapter 8, and I believe this is an important verse to share before we jump into 9. 
And, and this is actually one of my life verses. Uh, I got saved when I was 21. I was a believer in God, but not a belonger. And I remember when I read this verse, I felt like it defined my life. In the NIV translation, it, it says, when Jesus says, for anyone who tries to save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for me will save it. And basically, what did that mean for me? That I was running after everything I could, Lindsay, to try to save my life, to try to give me significance, to try to give me meaning. And we can still do that in the church world, right? We can still do that in a life. We can still do that in good things, that we put more weight or meaning in a bucket than it should have. And, and even, again, I'm just using my wife as an example. If I put too much significance in her, a person cannot carry that significance, they will fold, and you will make them even a good thing, even something God has brought into your life, an idol. When we first started Alive, I was, it grew so fast. We, were, we had a service that had like 180 students at it one time. And, and it was growing so fast, and the growth be, almost became more significant to me, the quantity rather than the quality. And God had to humble me and take some things away and really check my heart and examine my heart. Even though the growth was good and here people were hearing God and experiencing God, I, I put more meaning. I focused on it too much. I focused on, oh, what were the numbers today? What were the numbers? How many people did we have? How many, you know what I mean? I, I started, my attention started to go away from God and the freedom and the breakthrough and the love that people were encountering to how many people were coming. And so again, I ask you, what is our attention on? What is our focus on in our life? Mark chapter 8 in the uh, Passion Translation, I'm going to start off at verse, man, I got to get more lights up here. My eyesight's going something. It's harder to see. Um, it says this, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. I think the, the verse should be up there, Grace. Boom. Thank you. Give it up for Grace. Grace, you're awesome. Uh, completely disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you, will continu as you continually, continually surrender in my, to my ways, for if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. And this is the same verse that I talked about just in the Passion Translation. And I was thinking about that, and I think it sets up our story today. Because as we're looking at how Jesus lived his life, he's basically saying this and that. Who are you living for and what are you living for? Are you living for something greater than yourself? Are you willing to pick up my purposes and my ways for your life, trusting that when you live for something greater than yourself, you will experience life on a whole new level and a whole new way? Raise your hand if this has been true for you at, at all. I know it has been for me. That but when I lived so much for Ryan Otto and I cared so much about Ryan and so much about what I wanted in life, life, it's all surrounded around you. But when you realize that when you ask Jesus into your life and you realize he doesn't only just save you and change you, but he calls you into the game to live for something greater than yourself. It's kind of like, is anyone, play, a bunch of people play sports? Raise your hand if you've ever played sport in your life. All right, awesome, most of the room. So some sports I played because deep down I wanted to be the all-star. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be known. I wanted to be the person that um, made a difference. But then other teams I've been on that I actually, it was all about the team and not about me. 
And ironically, I played much better when I focused on the team and not me. I didn't care about my stats or my success. I actually would prefer the team to succeed over than Ryan Otto succeeding. And ironically, I had a lot more fun, and I played for a deeper and bigger purpose than me. And if we could translate that to life, what if life wasn't about us, guys? What if life, what if what we focused on was even greater than what we could naturally see? So Mark chapter 9 starts us off, and I'm going to title this message, Faith That Sees and Faith That Believes. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and you would speak and you would move, God. I pray, Father, that you would help us see not just what is seen in the, in the natural, but what is seen in the spirit, God. Faith that changes our perspective, that changes what we focus on, that changes what we get our identity from. Come and move and speak to me and speak through me and awaken and inspire my friends and myself today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Mark chapter nine, verse two, it says this. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. And Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered, for he was transfigured before their very own eyes. His clothing sparkled and became glistening white, whiter than any bleach in the world could make them. Then suddenly, right in front of them, Moses and Elijah, Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. Peter blurted out, beautiful teacher, this is amazing to see the three of you together. Why don't we stay here and set up three shelters, one for each of you, one for Moses and one for Elijah? For all the disciples were in total fear and shock, and Peter didn't have a clue what to say. Just then, a radiant cloud began to spread over them, enveloping them all, and this is going to be on the slide, and God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, this is my dearly loved son. Always listen to him. This is my dearly loved son. Always listen to him. And, I, and this, this story is amazing for multiple reasons, and Grace, you can just keep that slide up for a little bit, please. So first of all, Jesus says kind of this harsh thing, right? And not harsh thing, but this, this, in chapter 8, that he, he challenges wh- how we're living and who we're living for and what tre- true meaning in life comes from. And then there's a story where they go, out, go up the, this huge mountain, and Moses and Elijah were the two main figures in the Old Testament that most people thought were the Messiah. That most people thought back then, in the context and the culture then, they, a lot of, they, they didn't have scripture. They didn't have the gospels yet, right? What they did have was a story of Exodus and Moses taking the Israelites out of Egypt and parting the Red Sea. And Moses was the central figure of, of the greatest man of God who had ever lived. Well, Elijah came, and Elijah was an amazing prophet, and he did all these signs and wonders. He, he literally didn't, he was the only man that didn't die and was taken up into heaven. Um, and, and so, so many people thought Elijah could have been also the Messiah, the Savior one, this, the, the, the Savior that everyone prophesied about and believed that was coming. So these were like the two Hall of Famer people in the Bible. And Again, we have to remember, when Jesus came on the scene, guys, outside of the disciples, 
people didn't know who Jesus was, right? They didn't have a grid yet that he was the son of God. He didn't even tell them he was the son of God. He, he, he uh, talked about being the son of man, right? He talked in parables. He didn't just come out and say, I'm God's son, repent, you know, and all this. Like he was, everything was directed not to him, but to the father. And so when he's on, and I think even some of the disciples doubted. We know at least one of them did, doubt, doubting Thomas, right? Even when Jesus res resurrected, Thomas had a hard time believing. And so this is so significant because I think a lot of the disciples and a lot of the people put their prize or possession or focus on these two figures of Moses and Elijah. And this next verse blows me away, and it says this. Suddenly, when they looked around, the disciples only saw Jesus, for Moses and Elijah had faded away. Moses and Elijah had faded away. And I felt like Holy Spirit asked me that when I, when I read that and said, Ryan, we've all focused on things in the past that has given us significance and identity, even good things. Even I remember when I was saved at, at a church called Christ Church. They were they're an amazing church. Um, I remember thinking that that pastor was the most amazing man of God that I've ever heard speak, right, and preach. Well, that was... 10, more than 10 years ago, and I've listened to a lot of other speakers now speak, and I've learned things from a lot of different people, not saying that he was wrong or he's bad and others are better, but you kind of, I was just telling a friend this, you know, in Africa, we'd get chicken, right, and you'd eat a, you get so excited to have chicken when I was on the world race, and you go to eat the chicken, and there's a bunch of bones in it. And you eat the chicken, you're like, oh, 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 and you start choking, like, straight up, there's a bunch of bones in it. It's not like the chicken here, at least the, where I was at. And, and so my, what we learned to do is you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. Because, you, you, man, if you get chicken, at least on the mission, mission trips that I was at, you're thankful for that meat. You're thankful for that chicken. Rice and beans get old eventually. <laughs> and, and, and so same thing when you learn and 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 and. and learn from other people and churches and, and books. And, you know, you, you eat the chicken and you spit out the, the bones, right? You eat the meat and you spit out the bones. What does that mean? That I used to have idols in my life. I used to focus on other people, or we can even, when Jesus culture or Bethel's here, or our favorite, favorite speaker, or our favorite worship band, we flood the stage, right? We're so excited to hear from them. And our maybe, our maybe, are we focusing more on them than God? Maybe the book that we read, and I love this new book called Rooted. I bought it for like 60 people or, or told like a lot of people are reading it in this room. Love it, love it. And if I'm not careful, I can look more to the book than to Jesus. Some of you might think our worship band's amazing. Maybe a couple of you think I'm a good speaker. But I promise you this. If you start putting your hope in Leah and the worship band or in me, we will fail you every time. There's been so many times that God has used speakers in my life, and then I get so excited. I'm like, oh, this dude is speaking today, or for Clay, Clay's speaking today. It's going to be so powerful, and, and somewhere unconsciously, I start looking to Clay more than Jesus, and then I'm disappointed. And so what is this saying? That Moses and Elijah, amazing men of God, God used them in powerful ways, but everyone in the Old Testament points to Jesus. I love how our senior pastor says, read the Bible with sunglasses on. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N. 
read the Old Testament and, and look for Jesus in there. Look for how every story and every person points to Jesus, who's the climax of the story that changes the history of our lives and our meaning wherever we go. This can even be true if we look for significance in other people. So when I was on the mission, the mission trip, um, you know, everyone knows LeBron James, right? Does everyone know LeBron James in this room? Pretty much. If you're not, you're probably not from America. Uh, so everyone knows LeBron James, right? If you go to a lot of other countries outside of the States, they don't know LeBron James. Like, they know Messi, the soccer player, uh, Ronaldo. Like, like dude, like, they're, they're the rock stars. Like, LeBron James come, you know, like, like, maybe they know LeBron James, but for sure, they don't, people don't know, like, Tom Brady or Drew Brees, like, good NFL players that I know. Like, be, we focus on them. We, th- we would want to meet them, right? But other people focus on other things. So the meaning of significance drops, for us, maybe uh, we would love to meet Jeremy Riddle, right? He's an amazing worship leader, right? Or, or maybe Francis Chan, who's a great speaker, or Bill Johnson. Guys, if you go outside of Christianity up to the ark right now playing basketball, I would be surprised if two or three people even know who Bill Johnson and Jeremy Riddle is. Like, they would want to meet, I don't know, Beyonce, I was thinking that, Beyonce. We always are thinking the same thing. (laughs) Beyonce, they would want to meet Beyonce and Jay-Z, right? (laughs) Because where we look to, what we focus on has more attention in our lives, has more weight and significance in our lives. And, And so I believe that I love how this translation says this. Moses and Elijah faded away. They were two pillars. They were two people that defined the faith, that inspired the faith, but Jesus remained. And Jesus remained. And guys, I wonder, who are we looking to today? I love Alive. I love our church. I hope you like me. But guess what? We can't fix you. We can't save you. We hope that you get something from coming here. We hope that you, I pray every week that you're inspired and awakened. But guys, I hope the way we worship, the way we teach, inspires you to go get in your room and get by yourself and experience and encounter the living God for yourself. This is fast food for you. And if you eat McDonald's every day, it's good in the moment, but man, you're gonna be sick. I love the conference life. I love going to conferences. I love that our church has conferences, but you can get on the conference high and you can, get, you can start putting your hope so much in conferences, so much in big things instead of the one who makes those conferences. And this same God that was alive at that conference is alive here. The same guy that's alive here is alive in your room with you when you go home tonight. And he wants to encounter your heart, and he wants to speak to you. And so I ask you, what are you focusing on in your life? What are you looking to that's giving, that you're giving power to to define you, to define your happiness, to define your joy, to define your energy? I'll admit, guys, I had an amazing week, and, and I just wasn't feeling it today. I, for the first time, not the first time, but I wasn't like super excited to come here. I was telling MJ and Owen, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I feel tired and I'm just nervous about the message. And I just felt, and, and even as we were worshiping, I was getting distracted by the speaker. And I just felt like the Lord's like, Rye, what are you focusing on? What are you listening to? What has your attention? Do I have your attention right now? Because there's always can be things going wrong. And, and I believe there's actually a perfectionist spirit that comes against me sometimes and maybe comes against some of you guys. And guys, there can, there's always going to be something that isn't perfect. But life isn't meant to be perfect. Life is meant to be real. 
And that's what makes life so meaningful. Uh, I longed and dreamed to be married. And God uh, humbled me uh, because I actually think I made my wedding an idol somewhat in some ways. I prayed and longed to be married so much that I found myself, and MJ and I found ourselves prepping more for the wedding than the marriage. And our wedding was amazing. I think a lot of you were there, um, but it wasn't perfect. And I actually, to this day, have some deep regrets and hurts from our wedding. Nothing that MJ did or anyone else. Actually, it was more just personal regrets. And and it wasn't perfect, but it was real. It was authentic. Everyone that I loved and loved us were there. And and I believe that's how life is. That's how our walk with faith is. But what are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on the things that didn't go perfect and did go wrong? Or am I going to focus on the... 250 people that were, no, 350, 350 people that were there, that worshiped God, that celebrated together, that, that, that loved us, that, that celebrated with us. Am I going to focus on how God was there? And so I, I, we have a choice in everything we're looking at. And it's so fascinating, and, and you might be like, well, Ryan, you might just be reading into this more. But I actually felt like I got a revelation on reading this. I love Moses, and I love Elijah, and we can learn great things from them. But you know the best person we can learn, the, the, the even most amazing things is, is from Jesus himself. And sometimes we can make really great and good and godly people idols in our hearts if we're not careful. And, and we have to make Jesus the number one because if we put that on anyone else, a pastor, a husband and a wife, a mama, da- mom and, mama and a dad, <laughs> a mom or dad or whoever, a coach, uh, a preacher, like they will fail us because we're putting more weight and significance on them, more attention on them than on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. And I say that and I read that verse in chapter eight because it comes back to my life first. For if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life and surrender to Jesus, he will save it. Have you ever liked someone so much and you just try and try and try and you're doing everything in the books for to get them to like you and maybe they even like you, but it's just not working out. And and because it's like you, you need them too much. You need them too much. And you're literally putting your life in their hands when it's not meant to be in their hands. Or, or you want a job so bad, or you want straight A's so bad, and there's a class that you just have to ace. And it's like, man, you're putting too much significance in it that if it doesn't happen, it can hurt you rather than help you, even good things. And so when we say, will we lose our life, not, not hurt ourselves, hear that, will we lose our life and surrender and say, God, I give you this person, I give you this dream, if this is your best for me, let this happen, but I trust in your way and your timing. And if it's not, I'm okay because I have you. And if it's not, I'm surrendering my happiness. I'm surrendering my significance. If I'm not meant to pass this test, it's okay, God, because I have you. That you define my significance and I'm looking to you, even letting other good things, good things, guys, fade away so I can look and focus on the best thing named Jesus. So he says this, he, he goes this, and, and right afterwards, and I promised, man, Philip didn't even know I was going to call on him today, and this is crazy he said this, because the next story is the disciples unable to cast out a demon, 
And so he says they, they come back from this, the mountaintop, and the rest of the disciples are there, and they're praying for a, a kid who has seizures and who's attacked by a demon, and, and they can't cast out the demon, and they're confused. And like, Jesus, you gave me the power. You gave me. Why, why can't we do this? And Jesus says, um, he says, some, some healings can only take place by intense fasting and prayer. And I love that, that Jesus says, where's the, where's the boy at? Bring me to the boy. And he starts praying for the boy, and he starts, he starts doing his thing, and, and the boy then just literally just goes mute. He just stops. And he's, he was asking the dad, he said, how long has this been happening? And the dad says he gets seizures and gnashing of his teeth ever since he's been young. And what does Jesus say? In verse, man, it is hard to see. I need to bring up more lights. <laughs> Since childhood, he replied, it tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or water. But please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I love this, and this is gonna be on a slide for you. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer. And I just love that. And he had, great, he had grace. He had compassion. But he said, if, like, excuse me? Like, like and remember we talked back about how, how powerful faith was in a previous message? That, that somehow, I don't get it all, but, but our faith actually can impact what God can do and not do. Like, like, we don't control God, but faith matters so much to him that when someone believes in him and someone believes that he can do the impossible Wow, watch how that mountain moves in your life. And there's been times where I believe and there's times that I haven't believed. And this is probably another one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And the dad says this. When he heard this, and this is going to be on the slide, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, but Lord, help my little faith. I do believe, but help my little faith. Another translation says, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Do you know the first and actually greatest thing, aspect that one needs to change? Does anyone know what that trait is? Anyone? Humility, that's good. Close. Admitting the problem, very close. Believing that you can't, yeah. <laughs> Ethan, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Rika just laughed at me because I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> self-awareness. If you don't have self-awareness that you're annoying and you smell, you're probably not going to change. right? Jake's like smelling himself. <laughs> love you, Jake. You, we, in love, we would tell you. <laughs> and that's why it's so important that we surround ourselves with people that love us and believe in us and can actually speak truth to us. Because a lot of times when we're stuck in things, we don't see it. And we actually need help. And we need to believe that people are for us to help us get out of it. But I love this guy's self-awareness. That he said, Lord, you're right. I have little faith. I believe, but I, don't, I, I have little faith. And this self-awareness, and I think Terry has said it, humility 
And I love that Jesus honors that and the guy can be so real with God. And there's things that I really believe in and really believe for. And then, man, if you take me up, well, 10 years ago, but probably still now, take me up to a roller coaster, my faith goes really little. Because, man, that first hill, I don't know what, my mom took me on a roller coaster when I was a little kid, scarred me for life. I love going upside down, twists and twirls, but that first hill going, oh, man, man, I get, whoa, man, I'm like, 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 MJ will be trying to talk to me, and I'm like, whoa, Jesus, I'm just looking at you. MJ, just tell me when we're at top. All right, like, what do you want for lunch? MJ, just t- tell me when we're at top. We're telling me at the top. All right, I'm a whole, uh, Jesus, Jesus, shabba-da-da-da-da, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus, all right, right, we're at the top. Whoa, Jesus, cowabunga. Literally, Ninja Turtle still lives in me. <laughs> I kid you not, man. We, Rolkos and I have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> Maybe we'll go to on one together. <laughs> but, man, what was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. I can have a lot of faith and confidence in certain aspects of my life. And then others, I'm afraid and I'm a scaredy cat. And it's one surrounding people that love you, that believe in you, that are for you. And actually what makes a life so amazing is there's amazing people around me that are way better at certain things than I am. Mariah, my amazing intern, she can fix things and figure things out. I don't even know how she does. Like, like literally, she just does things. Today, we had a sound problem. Austin was out trying to be a good student doing homework. Austin, we got a problem. I, I don't know what to do. He walks in. Literally two minutes later, it's fixed. And the best thing is, he doesn't even know how he fixed it, but he fixed it. <laughs> and and it's, sur- it's surrounding people, surrounding yourself with people that are for you and will speak truth to you. We have a high culture of feedback in our life. That if we can't talk to the person about a problem or be honest and real with them, then, then that's letting fear overpower love. It's not saying, yo, Carol, when you said that to me, like you were in the wrong, yo, you need to go fit, talk, learn how to talk to your pastor, you know? It's like, no. It's like, hey, Carol, like I know your heart. I'm for you. When this happened, this is how I felt. Instead of going to talk to Hope and Rika about, man, did you hear what Carol said to me? Man, I can't believe her. MJ, like, man, Carol was doing that. Like, who does she think she is? Like, what does that do? That just vents. That's just me throwing up on other people and say, hey, Rika and Olivia and MJ, I want you to view Carol in this negative sight because I'm hurting and I, wanna, I don't want to be alone in my hurt. Yeah. Sorrow loves company. And so what are we focusing on? Are we surrounding ourselves with people that we can be self-aware? And if we're not self-aware, we'll help other people. We have other people in love, guys, because they're for us, help us become self-aware. And help us grow to look more like Jesus. All right, that's my soapbox. I'm getting off of that. <laughs> so Jesus answers the father. He prays for the kid. And uh, um, the kid just like falls down. He stops compulsing. And I love this. And, and this is going to be on the slide, verse 27. But everyone thought he died. But Jesus stooped down and gently took his hand and raised him up to his feet. And he stood there completely set free. He stood there completely set free. And I love that because Jesus frees people. He's in the process of freeing people. That's how I gauge being fruitful in my life. Are people being set free? We're all free by the blood of Jesus. If you ask Jesus into your heart, you are a free person. But in all love, some of us 
Many of us are not walking in that freedom that God has given us. There are certain areas in my life that I am not working, walking in complete freedom that God has given me. And that's why we need each other. That's why we need the word of God. That's why we need the friends and the family of God. That's why we need help and we're not meant to do this journey alone. Because we need each other. And, and as we grow closer to Jesus, and as we let him into our stuff, right, Elizabeth, the more freer we become. And the more freer we become, the more we can help others become free. But remember, even the disciples couldn't free some people. And it said, some people have, need much fasting and much prayer. Some people need a doctor, and some people need a surgeon. And God uses people to set us free. And I hope we are a family that goes after sending each other free. Goes after Jake. I'm not doing anything to you that Jesus hasn't done to you. But I want you to wake up and, and own and have the gift that God has given you. Because you are free. And in this one area, God or the enemy is, is tricking you to live out your old nature and not your Christ nature. And we, right, we have to be self-aware. Guys, if we're not self-aware, if we don't catch the revelation that smoking is bad for you, no offense if any of you smoke, sorry, just an example, um, <laughs> that smoking is not good for you, we'll, ne we'll, we'll never stop smoking, right? My grandma told me blue in the face, it's, Ryan, don't drink. I love you, grandma. I know you're listening to this. I remember one time she caught me drinking in high school, and she would tell me every week, Ryan, don't drink because we have alcoholics on both sides of our family. And she was worried that I was going to go into that, go down that road. But like until I realized that getting drunk was bad, that getting drunk wasn't producing fruit and life into my life, that wasn't getting the best out of me, I wasn't going to stop drinking. And so it's the Lord giving us this awareness and awaking us to see things as how he sees things. And will we believe that we, what we see goes more than just what meets, meets the eye? I also love that story about Moses and Elijah because I believe Jesus let the disciples in to see things how he saw them. That he was constantly seeing the Father and hearing the Father. He was constantly fully human but fully God. He was seeing things that go beyond the physical eye. In um, 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says this. We don't just focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. That there's more to life than what is seen. And I love this definition of faith in Hebrews 11, 11, 1. Now faith, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is, it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And I ask you again, what has your attention? Who has and what has the significance of your identity and meaning? Because what we look to, we focus on. What we focus on, we dwell on. And what we dwell on, we live in. And I don't know about you, but I'm on the journey. I haven't arrived there of making Jesus my all in all and letting him define me and define you. Worship band, if you guys want to come on up, please. The last story that I want to talk about as we close at the end of Luke chapter, or Mark chapter 9, um, 
the disciples start arguing about who, who, who's going to be the greatest. They believe Jesus is coming back as king and he's going to conquer the world and they want to sit at his right-hand side. Who's, who's, the, who's the closest friend of Jesus? Who's going to be the greatest out of all of them? And I, I just love what Jesus says. This is going to be up on the slide. He says this, If anyone wants to be first, he must be content to be last and become a servant of all. Then he had a child come and stand among them. He wrapped the child in his arms and said to them, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. The one who sent me. And I felt like as as I was preparing, the Lord showed me again that story of Elijah and Moses. And I believe some of us are looking to people from our past, good people that maybe did really well in our lives or hurt us, and we're letting them have significance and identity over our lives. I love my dad, um, but growing up, my dad and I weren't that close. And I was talking to my financial advisor the other day out above all people, and I'm trying to learn about stocks. Shout out to Mark, who's helping me. And um, trying to figure out, not that I have a lot of money, but what I do with the little money I have. And, you know, I'm learning about stocks and, and um, index funds and mutual funds and, you know, different companies like Charles Schwab and Vanguard and all this information. And, and, and my financial advisor, you know, I didn't know anything, and I'm just, like, learning about all this stuff. And he's like, Ryan, I think you're getting overwhelmed with information here, and you're actually listening to too many people, and you're, like, you're just so confused about who to listen to and, and who to apply because everyone has an opinion. And I just said something. I was like, well, my dad never taught me any of this stuff. And I was like, whoa. Like, you ever say something, and you're like, whoa. Like, where did that come from? Like, I thought I, thought I dealt with that. <laughs> like, you know, like, and he was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, how did your dad come up? Like, and I was like, whoa. And Jesus was like, yeah, we need to, we need to, there's some stuff there. There's some stuff in the basement that needs cleaned out. And I, I love my dad, but I'm still letting my dad have some identity over my life of the things he didn't do. And you know what? My dad's a person, and he tried the best that he could. And he's a really good man, but he's not a perfect man. And so whether it's someone that was an idol in your life and has influenced your life so well or someone that disappointed and hurt you, let's take our focus off of them, whether good or bad, and let's focus on the one that can fill us with that living hope and with that, with that peace that we all seek for. I felt like also there's been times in my life that I focus so much on me that I focus on what people think of me or what I look like or how well I'm doing in school or how well I'm doing in this sport. And I forget about the one who sent me. Well, how is Alive doing compared to Crew or FCA or this, this, and this? How am I doing compared to the other 15 or 20 pastors at our church? Oh, what a, what a, how do people like my sermons compared to Eric Diaz's sermons? I mean, wow, his hands are so soft. They must like his sermons better than mine, you know? <laughs> I mean, I had to beg the guy not to preach this semester because he's so good. <laughs> I actually begged him to preach, but he turned me down. <laughs> but, right, I can, I can make everything about me, even unconsciously, instead of about the one who sent me. And so I ask you, friends, are you looking to someone from your past 
Are you looking to someone now, you or another person? Who is your focus on? Who is your attention on? Who are we seeing? And are we looking and living with natural eyes or spiritual eyes? Will you pray with me? Father, I don't want to go through the motions anymore. God, I don't understand why Elizabeth isn't healed right now. And I know you can get her out of this chair. And I don't understand why. But God, I know you're good. And I know you're a healer. And I know you're a God of miracles. And so, God, don't let us and me not stop believing even when we don't see it. Let our faith change our perspective. Let our faith change what we see and what we focus on. Let our eyes and our hearts believe even when our eyes don't see that you are good and that you are great and that you do care about us. You care about what our parents are going through. You care that right now my dad's getting a divorce and lives in another country. You care about what's happening in our lives. You haven't forsaken us. And in your amazing way, you work through all bad things for our good and your glory. And I thank you one day that Elizabeth will run again. That she will run and that she will walk and we will all run and walk over the mountains and things that hold us down. Whether, on, whether it's on this earth or the life to come. I thank you, Father that you are a God of miracles. And it's easy to believe when we see it, but help us believe when we don't see it. Help us be real with ourselves and real with you when we have little faith. And I thank you that you always meet us and you never let us go. I believe in you, God, that you're a God of miracles. And I pray that your faith and my faith will help us change the way we see and live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
So I just encourage you in this moment, if you want some prayer, if you're going through anything, there's going to be leaders on the side of the room that would love to pray for you. That what you ask for prayer is totally confidential, and we just partner with you, letting you know you're not alone, letting you know you're loved, and to partner faith together, whether you have a lot or a little. I just pray through this next song. It's literally a prayer, just asking God to give us faith. Even when we're weak, His Spirit's strong in us. So ask a friend and reach out and let someone pray for you.
I just feel like the Father is doing something sweet and intimate in this place. And yeah, guys, can you just keep it going? Eric on those, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't stop. Keep that going. Keep those swells going. Man, it's like butter on popcorn, you know? It's just so good. Father, I just thank you what you're doing. I just thank you for Elizabeth and her faith. And I thank you for how much she's impacted my life and is impacting this ministry. And I thank you that she sees beyond her circumstances and she truly does see in the glimpse of heaven and sees what you're doing beyond the natural. So as the band just keeps going, Elizabeth, I just pray that you would impart in all of us the ability to see to have faith beyond the natural. Hey, Rye, turn the mic up, please. Abba, Abba, thank you. Thank you, Abba, for everything that you're doing, releasing in this room. I thank you, Abba, that heaven is so much more real than the earth and that the spiritual is so much more real than the natural and that Jesus you are so much more real and so much more alive than, than all of the rest of us I thank you and I release over my brothers and sisters my family these precious people of God I release over all of you the capacity to see beyond the natural, the capacity to stay focused on heaven, focused on the heavenly places, and to not move your gaze, no matter what type of um, show that the enemy would want to try to put on against your life, that we would all be fixated on heaven, that our minds would dwell on where Jesus is, seated at the right hand of the Father. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have all power and authority. And so for everybody that needs it and every soul that needs it, I release healing in Jesus' name. doing something sweet if you need to go i know it's a little late we just bless you to go there's snacks out there sadie's out there but the band's just gonna keep playing for a couple more minutes and just stay in this place with the lord there's some heart surgeries going on tonight and we just bless that in jesus name just prophesy over us band
something so beautiful right now. He's just stripping away anything that's not of him. He's replacing it with so much freedom. And sometimes freedom isn't jumping up and down and screaming, but sometimes freedom is just sitting there in his love. It's sitting there knowing that his love is not conditional for you nothing to do with what you've done. It's everything about what he did for you. And all day I've just been asking the Lord is what he's doing in me right now. And I just feel like he's just saying, Leah, cultivate in your heart radical praise because I love you so radically. said sometimes radical in being freedom it isn't always loud <laughs> it's just being at, at peace and at rest and knowing that you're loved so deeply by the father so God I just pray we would live with a heaven mindset that we're not striving to get something that we can live from that place because you've so freely given it to us that you'd be the only thing, the only thing that matters to us. That no lie, no fear, no expectation would come against the truth that you've spoken over us. And I even just thank you for this moment, God. How well, it's amazing to jump up and down and, and run and dance and be free. This moment is just as free being at your feet and worshiping you for who you are. i uh -huh. 
just saying that some of you guys are having a really, really hard time feeling his love. And you want to, and you know it's good. But there's a part of you that's just like, but how? And I just, I want you to know that he loves you so much that he chose you to be you and nobody else. He chose you with a purpose. You're called a masterpiece because he chose you for a specific design that nobody else could do because he wants you so badly to carry out the beautiful destiny that he has for you. Even if you're just standing there, he wants to wrap you in his arms and tell you that he loves you. Even if you're just standing there, that's all he wants to do. He just wants to wrap you in his arms and tell you that, tell you that he loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that it's it's literally not even com comprehensible. He loves you.
Jesus. We just love you and we receive your love for us. Thank you that we are just so undeserving of your love, but you love us anyway. Lord, we just pray that as we go about our weeks and our days and just everything in our lives, our whole focus, our whole attention, our, our everything about us would just be centered on you and focused on you, God. Lord, that we would be defined by you. We'd be defined by being your son and your daughter and by nothing else. just rest and be before we go do. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into our days and lives and just pray you would just reveal this revelation of your love with more depth more height and with more width that we could ever imagine. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for coming, guys. We will see you maybe at the event this Friday at the hockey game, 7.30. We'd love to see you there. If not, next week. Have a great week, guys. See ya.